Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to a brand new episode of Colton Classic Podcast, the podcast where we talk to you about two thematically linked films, one mainstream and one cult. And uh, occasionally we decide to just do two movies that are a pair. Uh, instead and say screw it it's our pod but i think you'll like it uh, that's what we're doing this week i'm your host film critic and comedian nate wyckoff and i have a lovely cast with me today to talk about two times the beef two times the butthead that's right we have the double feature of butthead <laughs> beavis and butthead feature films if i sound a little goofy i am today's the first day i've tested negative for covid i've been i've been struggling with covid guys seriously i know it sucks mask up make sure you're fully vaccinated as soon as you can get that second booster get that second booster it sucks covid is awful i hate it it was it's just really 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 horrible uh anyway but i'm back and uh, Beavis and Butthead. So we've got Beavis and Butthead do America from 1996. And we have the brand new Beavis and Butthead do the universe uh, sequel, which came out this year, 2022, and is currently streaming on Paramount Plus. With me to talk about these, we have Mandy Longley. How are you doing, Mandy? Good. I mean, feeling like a million bucks comparatively, like to what yeah. you're describing about COVID. So <laughs> feeling lucky, knock on wood knock knock yeah knocking on wood is important and we also have tad mastriani how are you doing tad howdy fart knockers uh fart knocker yeah so this is like i just gotta say so this episode uh part one we'll be talking about beavis and butted do america uh which which is quite a has quite a history and then we have next week we'll we'll do the brand new film beavis and butthead do the universe first i just want to go over for people everyone knows of beavis and butthead but i realized that especially gen y doesn't really have a lot of exposure to beavis and butthead they the show ran for i think uh originally eight seasons um and their short episodes is one of the uh early examples of like the adult swim chunked you know 15 minute or less uh episodes we see with things like octane hunger force and robot chicken <clears throat> and also uh, it, it actually started as a short that creator Mike Judge did um, basically by himself for the most part. And he does most of the voices in even the movies uh, and uh, and the series. And the show was weird. The show featured Beavis, who is kind of like an ADHD kid idiot. And uh, his also idiot delusional friend, who's not very smart, butthead. And there's two parts to the original show. There were the short films 
which were them doing things like in the infamous frog baseball episode where they they hit frogs with a baseball bat into the air and then eventually beavis gets the back of his head knocked out uh and, and most of them were more innocuous than that but they were all super inappropriate for kids and that meant that viewers loved them uh the other part is them sort of mystery science theatering music videos because this was an MTV show. So we got to see them do awesome things like rip on 80s metal music videos while at the same time loving them, um, ripping on like 90s prog rock as well as sometimes loving it. Uh, really just all sorts of videos, R&B, everything sort of eventually made its way to Beavis and Butthead. And they're they're sort of famous for having the band winger go after them uh, and claim that they actually ruined their careers um, because they made fun of the name so much sounding like it was a boner um, and making fun of their music videos. And it got to the point where a side character even wears a winger t-shirt throughout the series. It's because about it, it really is a cultural like phenomenon and you can watch select episodes right now on Paramount plus of the original series. Now I said there are eight seasons. There is a ninth season. It actually came out, because the show ended in, in around 98, I think. Um, the There is a ninth season that came out in 2011. Um, it was, it, it's pretty, it's the same. I mean, really, they, they did a good job of making it. It just looks visually cleaner because the animation is cleaner. Um, and then, uh, spoiler alert for those of you that don't know, because they haven't seemed to heavily advertise this, uh, unless you already are a subscriber to Paramount Plus, but there is a new series coming out uh, Mike judges Beavis and Butthead and it's the same character takes place after the Beavis and Butthead do the universe movie uh, so it, it, there's plenty to like if you're a fan of Beavis and Butthead on the horizon and everyone's still involved Mike Judge is involved um, uh, Guy Maxstone uh, Graham and Ian Maxstone Graham with the new series uh, they also worked on Beavis and Butthead do the universe they're involved uh, and of course Ian Maxstone Graham if that name sounds familiar yes he worked for Saturday Night Live but is most famous for doing some of the best seasons of story of the Simpsons so there's a lot of pedigree here that said we're going to talk and I also want to throw in Beavis and Butthead started as a short on liquid television and Liquid Television, for those of you that don't know, ran from like 91 to 96, was an MTV show that had short animated films that were really weird. And it gave birth to awesome stuff like Beavis and Butthead, A and Flux, um, Peter Chung's awesome designs in that. And I think uh, the uh, the head, MTV's The Head, which I hope someday gets some sort of re-release. Um, the reason you don't see all of Beavis and Butthead's TV shows, all of The Head and Liquid Television and stuff like that available through officially licensed sources, read not bootlegs, is because MTV used their music catalog to uh, as part of these shows. And in many cases, they do not have the rights to distribute them with that music. So uh, unfortunately, guys, it's, it's like uh, the Muppet Babies. You're just going to have to bootleg these until they decide that they want to pay the money to get them out to us because uh, they're worth it. So into the movie, Beavis about to do America, 1996. Uh, this was a critical and financial success. Uh, it really was. Um, it is, I don't know, guys. I mean, I, 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 so Mandy, you said you saw this in the theaters, right? I mean, I must have. I saw it when it came out. Yeah. yeah. I, it's have almost a visceral memory of the Red Hot Chili Peppers song and soundtrack that goes along with this film. The it was like a big deal. 
It was. Yeah. I, I own the soundtrack. I'm sure it's still somewhere around here. Um, it, you know, that there's um, music really is threaded throughout it, yet never the focus. Um, the focus is really, I think, on the story and the characters being stupid. Um, but somehow I find, especially from like looking back from like 96 to now, kind of lovable in a way. Like I actually kind of like them and I don't know that I really you really like them in the series until the movie and then you spend a lot of time with them and you can, especially Beavis Beavis is sort of the lovable idiot whereas Butthead is sort of the douchey bossy controlling friend um and uh and it's it's a delight the plot is is that in the middle of the night Beavis and Butthead um actually not even in the middle of the night during the day they awake to find that someone has just broken in through their window and stolen their old television set which is all they do watch tv pretty much and 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 do things that uh amount to shorts that will in 30 years from their airing be canceled uh and so they go on a quest to find their tv and of course <laughs> it's pretty obvious where their tv is it was stolen in fact they're outside the window as they're thinking about where the tv is and they end up going on this crazy like cross-country adventure totally unbeknownst to them where they think they're going to get laid by this chick but really they've been hired to kill her because she double crossed her husband uh by stealing a nuclear device and she's going to sell it to the highest bidder in dc or release it or something uh and so everybody all the the feds and everything think that beavis and butthead are in on this because they're inadvertently carrying this device but of course they're not um they're cleared in the end uh their neighbor mr anderson is uh is not cleared uh it is just it's wild i don't really it's a, a series of bits it's not really skit based but um there's like them in their hometown then them in las vegas then them in uh, going cross country with an old folks tour then them in um washington dc in the white house and then the culminating climax so they really do kind of go across america uh from texas highland texas where they live to dc mandy what did you expect going back into this and what did you take away now that you've seen it? I, I don't even know how to answer that question. I guess I expected Beavis and Butthead, which are yeah. very memorable characters. I remember the soundtrack really well. Um, so I guess I expected just to be like, I don't know, relive my youth, <laughs> my irresponsible youth and how I spent my time watching them those idiots on the TV um, between the ages of 11 and 16-ish. Now you know how old I am. But um, yeah, I was like, yeah, and I was surprised how much other cultural stuff I recognized that mm -hmm. was seeded in Beavis and Butthead, even though this came out kind of after this, the main part of the series, I was just like, oh, wow, that came from, that came from Beavis and Butthead, or like it came from their series. That's crazy. Like, yeah. There's like Hank Hill is like a character from like right from King of the Hill. Like he's in this with his camper he's, and like they keep running it's, into it's him not. like over so and it's over. So it's Mr. Again. Anderson. It's Mr. Oh, Anderson it's who's totally their neighbor Hank. who sounds just like Hank Hill because Mike and Judge like went him. on. 
Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> went on, like he's him. the proto Hank Hill. He went on yes. to be king of, to do King of the Hill, which was his yes. most successful series. Um, right. But it's like there. Like oh, yeah. Him. Yeah. And like there was another, was there like another clip that looked like Bobby, like the character? I'm, Not I'm exactly sure. the same, but very, very similar. <clears throat> You'll um, find if you uh, yeah. if you like my mom watching King of the Hills, just grabbing yeah. me on the couch and go, oh, my God, this is my family. <laughs> this is my family. Like having a, a trigger response. Um, yeah, you'll see a lot of um, Mike Judge's Texas in mm. any Beavis and Butthead, especially the movie where you get Mr. Anderson and his wife going across country. And I'll tell you what. And that whole thing, yeah. which was the proto Hank Hill, who, of course, also takes King of the Hill also takes place in Texas. Um uh, and just for the fans out there, Mike Judge also did Office Space, um, the live action movie. So he's really, even though for a lot of people, unless you're a real fan of Beavis and Butthead or King of the Hill or something, you don't necessarily recognize his name. He is a cultural force from from our generation. Like for millennials, Mike Judge is is where it's at. Um, and and also just to throw it out there too, my favorite show of all time is Daria. And Daria originated in Beavis and Butthead. She was a character. And then at the beginning of the Daria series, she transfers to a new place, uh, Lawndale uh, from Highland. So it really gave birth to all sorts of things. So it was, it's, it was always funny. It was funny living through this time when Beavis and Butthead was considered so lowbrow and so many people like hated it and railed against it. And then Daria coming out and some of those people being like, Daria is brilliant. And like all this stuff and being like, yeah, but you understand Daria came from Beavis and Butthead. Like yeah. not that it's the same, like they were very different angles, but you know, you got to yeah. give it to Mike Judge. He was not unaware of how ridiculously stupid Beavis and Butthead were. It actually, it wasn't the punchline. It was the whole joke. You know, you yeah. had to take it completely together. Um, and I remember if you if you were interested in this and you've never seen Mike Judge um, do an interview, he gives great interview. And he talked about um, when they ordered an episode, like series of Beavis and Butthead from his short that aired on like a television, he said, what, why, <laughs> you know? And like, just totally, totally struck by how like ridiculous it is and just and they wouldn't do him let him do this is how much television has changed um from nine from like the mid 90s to 2022 he wasn't allowed to say ass munch on television um so it became butt munch and then accidentally like partway through the run it was ass munch and they just left it and they, they were like oh i guess we can do that now so they just started doing ass munch like um it's it's weird to watch it now and realize like in many ways as awful, like as like, oh, this is so terrible. It's also like super innocuous and kind of charming and not really, not really offensive in any way. Um, I think this is where the generational change really happened. Like um, as David Sedaris put it, like you can turn on the TV and watch a drunk woman shit on a car or um, have a group of men running around like trying to collect the most pubic hair in a park for a reality show now. But like you, but back in the nineties, this is what was ruining America. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like this is what the problem was. If anyone, reality television. If, if anyone wants a counter argument to the, you can't, 
you couldn't do that these days. Beavis and Butthead is always the exception. Always. Like, they can just do whatever, and everyone's just like, yeah, it's Beavis and Butthead. No one bats an eye. It's so funny, too, because, like, it is a satire. That's, I think, what a lot of people didn't understand. The same thing with South Park. And South Park, listeners of this podcast know, I think is truly brilliant. Like, it is, it is gone from, like, funny-ish short like with like kids swearing haha to like brilliant social and political satire on uh, the highest order and Beavis and Butthead sort of has done the same thing you have Beavis and Butthead who really at the heart are just destructive kids with no parental supervision and no path in life and also not very bright and everyone around them is they're the straight man in a weird way for all of the quote-unquote real people around them which are also ridiculous like the guidance the teacher slash guidance counselor who's always doing being nice to them and trying to get them to build he also is super useless right like he's the stereotype of the hippy dippy trippy like teacher who believes in the good and everything without having any prosaic understanding of how to engender that right like he just gives them sort of carte blanche to be obnoxious like he catches them taking the av television and they tell him we're taking it because our tv's gone and we need a tv and he's like just put it back in the room and leaves when any intelligent person knowing full well they're gonna take the tv right like it doesn't like there is no sort of good character per se in beavis and butthead there's there's not necessarily an evil character arguably in most of the episodes or the movies but there are people who constantly do as little as possible just so they can go on with their own life and allows this ridiculousness to happen um and and mr anderson the neighbor across the street uh who in this in the series is always hiring them to do like neighbor jobs thinking they kind of look like the people who screwed him over the last time but like just i guess you're not um, he's the one that ends up getting arrested by the feds at the end for harboring a dangerous device and et cetera, et cetera. He's, you think, oh, this poor, sweet old man. But then when you really think about him, he's a hyper-nationalist, like narrow-focused, uh, you know, old-school conservative at best. And you're not, I, I don't really like that kind of person. <laughs> like, I just, they're, there is no great person and the government agents are not good um they're 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 both stupid and uh of questionable moral ethics it's just there's all sorts of multi-leveled satires on different kinds of people in the film especially um the beavis and butthead come across i guess you could say the only pure character is the old woman that keeps like mishearing Beavis and giving him candy and pills from her purse. I love when she's like, these will calm you down or these will wake you up. Like she gives him like either Xanax and no dose, like whatever the case is. And it is sort of that, that older person who has all of the drugs. Like my grandfather recently passed away and I, he's, he's wonderful. He had a great life, but he, we came across of course, many pill bottles, but that old person pill bottle that you always get, that is just a fucking cocktail like pardon my french just a pill bottle with full of un like differentiated different pills you know at one point in time perhaps they knew what those were um but they can't get rid of them but god knows what they were i mean just it's it's madness yeah um it's 
it's pretty crazy. So anyway, uh, back to the point. I'll start by talking because the plot's fairly simple. I just described that it. it's a farce. Um, my one of my favorite bits in this, and they sort of have a a new version that's a little different, but also fun in Beavis and Butthead do the universe to talk about next episode is the music video break where they have the white zombie song. And it's this trippy psychedelic um, Beavis and Butthead music video that is all illustrations based off the designs of Rob Zombie, which if anybody has seen Rob Zombie's artwork, and if you've ever bought a Rob Zombie album or a white zombie album, et cetera, um, his artwork is just, awesome it's just pure acid rock psychedelic 60s inspired um von dutchy our crummy um underground comic artist brilliance it's beautiful and so you have this trippy ugly hippie demon montage kind of in the first half of the film and it's it's a delight i absolutely loved it um tad what is what is a, a moment that you loved from this film you already described it because I haven't seen this movie in a while and I was reminded why I love it so much. I used to spend uh, most of my weekends being babysat at this age when this TV show was still on. And my parents told me I couldn't watch Beavis and Butthead. And my babysitter would be like, are you allowed to watch this? I'd be like, yes. And then I'd fall, <laughs> fall asleep to, to uh, MTV. Um, this, I, I do it every once in a while because um, I, I love old white zombie. I feel like uh, when Rob Zombie kind of went solo, I kind of feel like the quality went down. I go back and listen to Astro Creep 2000 and Lost Exorcisto because they're both amazing albums. And it reminded me how much I needed to go back and listen to those. They are masterpieces. And uh, because I'll always remember that drug trip, but I'll also remember about how, I, I can't even describe it. It's very weird growing up with a TV show where everything's kind of a short and um, watching a long form version of something that's kind of supposed to just be a little bit of, you know, a bit every once in a while, mm -hmm. it's always a little jarring. It's the same problem I had with the sequel, but uh, mm -hmm. I still, I'll, I'll, I still think that this is one of my favorite movies of my childhood. And I will, uh, I'm going to start making it a habit to make sure that I rewatch it every once in a while. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying about the sort of, it, it's sort of both, um, it's clearly a struggle to make something, we see this all the time, to make something that was originally short form, long form. Um, and we see it in films where there's a short film that everyone loves. And then the, you know, usually a new filmmaker who made it gets paid to turn it into a feature. And that's where it falls apart. Um, because you have essentially, a, usually some sort of device or level of interest that's enough for a short. But you don't bring enough to the table in addition to make it work in a full-scale production, um, full-length production. This one, <clears throat> I, I think this is a success. As Like, The Simpsons also surprised me. I think it's a successful film. Um, the recent Bob's Burgers film is a delight. It's sort of a master class in it, I think, um, because they went with, as this one does, as The Simpsons did, there's a overall narrative that carries the whole thing through. And this is quite simple. And I think that's where you get some of the jarring bits is that it is a road trip movie. And that is one of the most common. There's a reason why indie films love the road trip because there is a physical transportation, a physical uh, place to time connection that carries it through 
so even if you have dull moments or moments where there has to be a lot of exposition or all of these things that you have to deal with when creating a feature, you, you have a physical progression at least. So people aren't to the level, it's less likely that you're going to have a moment where somebody's like, just get on with it already. Um, that kind of explains my last uh, attempt at playing through Final Fantasy 15. Hmm. <laughs> There's just, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I'll, I'll fish. Um, and, but yeah, it's, it's that sort of, so it's a, it's a smart idea. <clears throat> and um, it gave them a lot of room to play with different stereotypes of Americans and also have a point A to point Z without really having a lot of reason, right? They, they didn't have a lot of reason to do any of the things they did, but we knew they were going from here to there. Mandy, what was a favorite part of yours from this movie? Um, I like the Vegas scene with the Red Hot Chili Pepper song. Like, so a different song than the one you picked, but like the montage kind of stuff. I mean, all of the little scenes are fun, but like them getting up to their antic antics against um some classic music ish yeah and I don't, like it's just like it's where it's at for beavis and butthead much it's like, like you it's said, really tad. just quintessential yeah oh yeah sorry M much like what you said tad with the rob zombie a lot of people prefer white zombie and rob zombies you know solo music is a little more i would say almost more palatable to the mainstream it's not bad but it's much easier to listen to there's a much clearer song structure whereas especially the song that they chose for the soundtrack um from white zombie it really is a psychedelic trip it's not a lot of people i think would i would say it's not a very easily listenable to song so in the in the film it makes a lot of sense though and the red hot chili pepper song i don't care who you are what you think about red hot chili pepper's career from beginning to end this song this song slaps Give It Away is one of the iconic 90s songs of all time because it has this weird bridge where it crosses like um, uh, a little bit of prog rock, but like it crosses punk, that 90s sort of um, pop rock. And then like the, the, even it just, it has this weird discordant, um, you know, Jane's Addiction also did this, right? This sort of pre, this, this prepubescent energy to it. Um, and those sort of raw vocals that just it's not what most people would have looking at like the 80s and very harmonic uh, melody songwriting to to give it away. It's just a, it just threw it out the window in a way, as well as the hair metal. It's not the same either. It brings the energy, but with a stripped down. Um, this is what they look like when they're walking down the street and on stage, except with more clothes, probably uh, energy. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. But I do think also. Part of the, the problem with trying to pick a favorite moment from the movie, because it's so episodic in a way along this path uh, of their road trip, it's actually hard to remember a lot of the elements. Um, I don't, like it blurs together with episodes that I've seen in my head sometimes. Um, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, I was thoroughly entertained and I could watch the movie probably a thousand times and still be entertained, but I'm not going to remember it. The depth is, it, it's not a deep movie, even though it has solid satire, right? Um, and I oh, don't I also any... like where they crash the Hoover Dam. Crash the Hoover Dam. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> it is pretty awesome. And um, 
and I like, I really like the entire um, latter quarter, or whatever, when they're in the White House. Mm-hmm. I love when um, Beavis is tripping out and has a bunch of energy. And he does the I am Cornholio bit, which is where he pulls the back of his shirt over the top of his head, puts his arms up like a cactus and just like just rants insanely. And he's talking to like foreign leaders uh, and things like talking as Cornholio, his alter ego, uh, which is main phrase is and always has been like the iconic, you know, I am Cornholio. I need TP for my bunghole, which most people are like, that's disgusting. And you're like, okay, it's true. But bunghole was not a thing before beavis and butthead like it's a real word it's actually like the hole that's stoppered in a wine cask um or like an alcohol barrel uh so like there is it is a thing but that was never that was never clearly tied in popular culture to anuses um and even in beavis and butthead it's sort of not even tied like we assume that because he's talking about toilet paper but bunghole became like a a a moment a cultural moment because of Beavis and Butthead and I love just the idea of him wandering through the White House uh screeching about this um it's one of my favorite moments oh and of course spoiler alert it's not a spoiler but the climax when um the uh pants are are um actually Beavis has taken off his pants and left them in Anderson's camper so he can masturbate and uh anderson throws the the shorts out or something happens or they're they're pulled and like the device that's in them the nuclear device goes flying through the air and butthead catches it and everybody has this moment of silence and he goes here you go and just hands it to the feds and like it's just this moment the super most understated way to have a climax i really loved that um I guess we can move on to the recommendations. It's sort of an odd film to discuss because like I said, I think so much of it is like ephemeral. Like I could watch it right now and be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. But I will not recall most of it. It's uh, an and experience. That's a, it I is an that's experience. That's why I couldn't remember like what to expect. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, like I know I like yeah. it, but if you were to ask me, you know, if you were to ask me before I watched it for this podcast yet again, even though I'd seen it a few years ago, to describe it i'd be like i don't know like they have a device and they go across country like that's it i do want to mention too this is not like this was a big deal like booze and butthead uh may seem like a kitsch hipster thing now uh like vinyl records and uh getting you know your your mixtape professionally produced on tape but david letterman was a guest star on this richard linklater and of course the two the husband and wife con artist um terrorist team is bruce willis and demi moore um like this was not like just a small movie everyone was talking about this movie and it did really well in theaters it, it came out in 96 mtv didn't put it on tv for another three years and then i remember when it aired on mtv in 99 it was a big deal um and so I'm 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 glad that we've tackled this. I'll just go first, of course. I kind of think we're all gonna have the same thing. Yes, I recommend this movie. If you've never experienced Beavis and Butthead, give it a shot and then watch the episodes to see what you think. Um, it could be that this is such a 90s experience. If you think you love the 90s, but you're not old enough to be a 90s kid, watch this. And this is a very strong representation of what it was like to to be in the 90s. If you don't like it, you might 
it doesn't mean you can't love some things in the 90s. I'm not an, uh, uh, an all or nothing. But really, though, this was the 90s. This is such a touchstone of 90s pop culture that if you watch this and you absolutely hate it, you were probably not as much of a 90s kid as you think. But I recommend trying it. Mandy, do you recommend Beavis and Butthead do America? And if so, why and to who? Yes, and all the same things you just said. I really don't have anything else to add. Awesome, glad I have you on. Tad, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tad, do you recommend Beavis and Butthead to America? And if so, why and to who? A- absolutely. I can't believe there are people who still haven't seen this. This was a cultural force. And it wasn't even that long ago. This was 20 years ago. Like you have like I can understand if you were like two, if you were negative five, you still you should have your parents should have sat you down and watched this after the last 50 episodes of South Park you watched. Tad, this was almost 30 years ago. This was 26 years ago. What? No, no. 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 Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. almost 30 years ago can you believe that you could get divorced and marry someone who is younger than this movie Um, (laughs) and uh, and i I just i can't i just it's it's wild i can't even because to me this is like as you said, Mandy, reliving your your debauched childhood, this is mm-hmm. what that is. Like, it made me happy, and it made me feel cool again. Um, because <laughs> all of a sudden, I was like, oh, yeah, let's go hang out at the mall. Um, uh, and, you can still and hang like, out at the mall if you want to. It's kind of depressing, though. Are you still, I mean, I don't have enough, like, old newspapers to burn in the empty barrels <laughs> that are lining like, the hallways of the, the Concord Mall. Um, shout out, Concord Mall. So... <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Please catch us next week. We're going to be talking about Beavis and Butthead uh, Do the Universe, the, the brand new revival film, uh, which I've got a lot to talk about with this um, and I'm excited for it. I'm not depressed about it. Uh, please catch us on Tuesday. We come up with new episodes every Tuesday. Sometimes we do special Friday or other day episodes as well. Make sure you rate us all the stars, uh, all the points, whatever, wherever you find your podcast and leave a positive review. It helps people find us. If you have any requests, recommendations, if you want to be on the pod for something, if you have a product you want us to review, whatever you want, reach out to us at cultandclassicpodcast at gmail.com. Also, guys, please wear a mask when in public, in crowded places, especially like on the airplane, sanitize, wash your hands, don't travel or go out if you're hacking up a lung. People like me get sick and then we hate you for it. I don't want to hate you thank you so much and to play us out as always is the chud with all about evil Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.